The trumpets have sounded. The walls have fallen. Sam Presti, as of an hour ago, issued an eight-person trade. Uh, looked like just a little bit for funsies. It didn't look like there was any... He was, he was bored on a Thursday evening. He was like, this Bengals-Dolphins game is not cutting it. I'm going to trade 30% of my roster right now. I'm going to trade guys I'm going to cut for other guys I'm going to cut. Okay. So you, well, do you want to do fun stuff or do you want to jump right into basketball? I know your brain is shaped like a basketball, so you're you just always got it on your mind. But um, Whatever if you, you don't want to... You know what we've never talked about on this pod that I realized the other day that we both have a an affection for? Huh. Music. I don't think we've ever... On the we've, pod? We've maybe crapped on Drake a couple times. On the podcast? Yeah. Oh. You've crapped on Drake a couple yeah, well, times. Yeah, we have. I thought you meant in general like we've never talked about music. I was like, what? <laughs> no, we, we talk about music often, so yeah, I, I thought music. maybe we could... Because you listen to, who is it, Dave Matthews Band, right? That's like your favorite, <laughs> that's your favorite band. I listen to Dave Matthews Band whenever I wear like the little like glove shoes, like with your... Toe with shoes? Ha- toe shoes, yeah. What is the relation between Dave Matthews Band and toe shoes? I feel like that's like very... That's their vibe. Like, you know, late 2000s, like 2008. Dave Matthews to- Band? Are they not 88 years old? Toe shoes? Dave Matthews Band? <laughs> I don't think I know much about either of those things, honestly. <laughs> I know Braden Conover, uh, one, of my, one of my friends, is a fan of DB. Nope. I'm going to try that again. DMB. There you go. Um, I don't know much about the band. I thought they were like 140 years old, personally. I mean, they've got... Oh, yeah, they've got... How old's the lead singer? Dave himself. 50... It's Dave, right? That's Dave Matthews? Yeah, 58, I think. 58? 55. Interesting. And when were toe shoes invented? Did you know that he's African? South African. I didn't know that. There you go. Um, toe, shoe, toe shoes were invented. See, this is not where I thought the music vein was going to go. There's that very specific brand. Yeah. Is it Keen? I want to say it's Keen. Yeah. <laughs> God. I just feel like, I feel like a 2009 vibe would be like toe shoes and Dave Matthews band and, you know. Being one of the first people to get into like the IPA train. <laughs> I brewed my own IPA in my toe shoes while listening to some I'm DBA. dead serious, yeah. That's a good vibe. Women who don't shave their legs, like that kind of thing. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I respect that vibe. I respect it. Toe shoes were invented. I think it is Keen. It's got to be Keen. Keen's the only one bold enough to blaze new trails in the in the area of footwear. When were toe shoes? You've Googled that four times. I know, now. and it keeps coming up to ballet slippers. No, no, I don't know. We're going to figure it out later. Okay, uh, next pod, we're going to give you the 60-minute rundown of when Keen invented their toe shoes. And if it overlapped with the release of a Dave Matthews Band album. Yes, we're going to give you the historic context uh, <laughs> in comparison between toe shoes and Dave Matthews Band. But for this pod, what we are going to cover is the blockbuster trade that just went down. Huge. Uh, Thursday night on nope. Gonna try that again. <laughs> September 29th. Okay, I'm gonna let me refresh. Let me refresh. I need an iPhone update. I'm gonna update my brain for this podcast. Okay, we're gonna talk about the blockbuster thunder trade that went down on September 29th, Thursday, 2022. Then we're gonna talk a little bit about DeAndre Ayton because it ticks me off just a tad bit. And then we're going to mainly talk about college basketball. Which we started out doing like way back in the early episodes. 
way Did back that. when Texas Tech was playing Gonzaga in the Sweet 16. Yep. Back early in, date. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Back in the old March Madness days. Uh, but we're back because college basketball is almost back. So we're going to give a little preview of the Big 12. Let's do it. Probably, I would imagine, one of the conferences we know the best. Speak for yourself, man. Oh, I can't speak for anyone. I'm ready for the Sun Belt. <laughs> give it to me. Okay. <laughs> this trade. Okay. First, let me Break just, it down for me, Derek. I mean, I'm not sure there's much to break down. I'm going to read the Woj tweet. We're going to have a good laugh. Then we're probably going to move on. Okay. So, as of... 38 minutes ago, per ESPN sources. The Oklahoma City Thunder are trading Derek Favors, Ty Jerome, How Could You Be Mo Harkless, Teo Maladone, and a 2025 second-round pick via Atlanta to the Houston Rockets for David Nwaba, Sterling Brown, Trey Burke, and Marquise Chris. Did you get all that? I did. Okay, eight players, um, at least two of which were basic—well, no— at least, yeah, at least two of which were definite cuts for Oklahoma City, and the third and fourth guys traded in this were the other maybe. Right. So, they traded four guys that were potentially on the cutting block. I think Derek Favors is easily the the like most surprising of those four to me. He would be the most. He would have played a lot this year. Yes. Yes. Uh, and they received David Waba, Sterling Brown, Trey Burke, and Marquise Chris. The assumption is that they will cut three of these and keep one. That's what I understand. So let's let's dive into who we think they're going to keep. I'm going to be honest. It's between two guys. Yes. I, I, think- don't, I don't know anything about David Nwaba. Straight up. <laughs> I know Sterling Brown played for the Bucks. Uh-huh. Not very often. <laughs> yep. I think it's between Trey Burke and Marquise Chris. I think that, yeah, and I, I favor Eileen Trey Burke out of the two, even though I like Marquise Chris. I really like Trey Burke. I, Eileen Marquise Chris, there's also, they could just cut all of them and, and yes. either go get someone or leave an open roster spot. If Chet Holmgren wasn't out for the season, <laughs> I would think they, they might leave an open roster uh-huh. spot, but two is kind of a lot. So. It is a lot. I mean... It well, got my juices flowing on get, a Thursday let night. Let me get funky a little bit. Let me just throw this at you. Trey Burke, until Jalen Brunson kind of came onto the scene in Dallas, was like their backup point guard. Mm-hmm. I want to say three years ago, he was averaging 12, 13 points a game. Um, playing Mar- Marquise big Chris minutes. probably did that. I don't know. I don't know if he... I mean, Trey Burke, I bet for half of his career, averaged more than 10, 11 points a game. I could see a world... Where Trey Burke is... Marquise Chris did not do that. <laughs> I could see a world where Trey Burke gets some run with that second unit um, as kind of a point guard, main ball handler, lets Trey Mann play off ball a little bit. Um, now, does that stunt the growth for, growth for guys like Jalen Williams, who has the ball in his hands a lot? Um, for Ujman Jang, who is kind of positionless out there? Maybe. Um, but I, I think Trey Burke can still serve a role. I think he can score in bunches. Um, I think that he's a good enough facilitator, especially early on in his career. Um, he's an okay defender. He's super undersized. Um, but I could see him being a guy if they thought, you know, we're going to let Trey Mann play off ball a little bit um, and relieve some of that pressure with the second unit for him. Trey Burke has a role there. Um, while it's more likely that that doesn't happen, I, I could see that. I agree Trey Burke has a role in the NBA for sure. He, yep. he could be somewhere. 
I personally don't think it'll be Oklahoma City. Yeah. And if it is, I don't see him playing a ton until it's like March and you're needing to lose some games. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, I mean, I could I could totally see it. He's probably the best of the four that you named. I just think Marquise Chris kind of brings what the Thunder are looking for down the road. Not that, <laughs> not that he's that guy, pal. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, overall, they traded four players that weren't a part of their long-term rebuild for four players that also aren't a part of their long-term rebuild. Sure. So I think the overall gist was, and I'll read the follow-up Adrian uh-huh. Wojnarowski tweet, uh, this was a cap-centric deal for both teams. Thunder gained two trade exceptions and drop about $10 million under the luxury tax. Rockets get a second-round pick for taking on $1 million in salary. Favors will have value as a backup center, very true, or elsewhere on the trade marketplace. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I just got a slack. Uh, I think it saved the Thunder about $7 million. Huh. So, to, to make the cuts you were going to make anyway, it's fine. Have a little bit of wiggle room. Yeah. Not bad. Not bad. Uh, are we done with that? <laughs> yeah. Okay, cool. Um, DeAndre Ayton situation. Yeah, man. So, game seven, last year. Getting just torched by Luca. Just getting bent over a barrel by oh. Luca Doncic. Oh, gosh. It was glorious. <laughs> the Suns lost by what? It was after like tough, after After notorious guff, tough guy, Devin Booker. I was talking trash to the Don. <laughs> the Don? Stupid move. Luca. The Luca, Don. Oh, no. The Don. Oh, no. Yeah. Um, notorious tough guy. I mean, they legit were down like 50 in the first 50. half. I mean, that was. It was like 70-something, 20-something. That was crazy. It was legitimately embarrassing. Like, jokes aside, I was embarrassed Luca's out there just day. having fun. That'd okay, be like... Continue before I start salivating. That'd be like me sitting at my desk job. <laughs> I can't even relate it to anything. Where's that, this, I was say, where's this going? That'd be like me sitting like casually at my computer just like on fire. And someone walks by and they're like, Derek, are you on... Like, are you like, scalding? And I'm, I'm like, okay. no, I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> I yell at my own boss about it. Um, yeah, so they're like, Derek, go home. You're like, I'm good. I'm good. I'm just going to keep working. I'm just going to sit here being on fire. So yeah. I'm not going to get Let any Let me better. know when it's five. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I want to go home. <laughs> I'm going to go home and make my millions. Um, so the subsequent reaction of losing by 50 was DeAndre Ayton and head coach. Monty Williams. Monty Williams getting into a, I almost said scuffle. It wasn't physical. It was a brief, a like spat. verbal altercation. Yeah. If you will. A, a spat. Uh, <laughs> and after 17 minutes, uh, Monty Williams benched Aiton, and that was that. Fast forward to now, uh, those two still have not talked, even though that was like four months ago. Um, Aiton seemed really unhappy in his media or in his uh, training camp interviews. Monty Williams had some things to say, like he doesn't talk to any of the players in the off season, which is a lie. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's just you, you texted me at the other day. It's bad management by the Suns. point blank period. It's bad management. Well, I'm not saying that Aiton is completely faultless here, but the fact that their organization or that their head basketball coach has not even reached out any singular time to, their third best player on the team who just has to go there for the next five years, presumably is Bush league. Like, like that's Bush league. Yeah. 
So I don't know. That's all I really have to say about it. But yeah, and if that's what happened, like if if there's no further details on it, Bush League, Bush hundred percent. Now it could come out that Aiton said some really unhinged things to Monty right. Williams. Yeah, and I would be more understanding, but still, still, it's just weird to me. Yeah. It's, it's it couldn't a, have been that personal. It's a it bad been. right. No, it's a bad look, um, especially if you're not trying to deal them in the off season. Or if like, if it was such a bad look that you know you're not going to talk to them. Right. They uh, can't trade them till January now. Oh yes, I because of the that. yeah, just yeah. The, the way the contract stuff works. Yeah, it's strange. Uh, I think it's just poor management. I mean, let's say it's between two grown men, between DeAndre Aiden and Monty Williams, and neither one's big enough to you know hash things out. It's poor management from up top from the Suns if they know that the head great young head coach is not getting along with a top ten center in the NBA. Yep. Like that's so stupid. It's that, so dumb. This seems like such a fixable situation. Like there I, were so many points in the timeline where it's like a text would have solved this, or like thousand percent sit them both down in a room would have solved this, and it's it like nothing has happened. And obviously, the Suns have their own like yeah higher problems let, right now as well. But let me make it clear though that in that game seven, there's nothing wrong with what happened. Like being someone that's been able to be around basketball a little bit on the sideline specifically. Stuff like that's going to happen. I mean, it happens at the high school level. It happens, sure happens at the college level, and it's going to happen at the NBA level. I don't disagree in-game. I think the post-game was a little more. 100%. I agree. Um, But it can't linger. It's it's like if you get in a fight with, if you got in a fight with your girlfriend, right, and you don't talk about it for months. I I actually haven't spoken to my girlfriend for months. (laughs) Eventually, it's going to come back up again, and and it's going to be worse. You want to know what happened? Do you want to hear this? This is unbelievable. We were at Brahms. She took my longest crinkle cut. Didn't say a word. I was saving that crinkle cut for the last bite. She took it. I haven't spoke to her since March. Wow. Haven't talked to her. Um, I brought this up with a friend the other day. Phoenix. We've talked about Phoenix for the last couple years. Just you talk basketball with people that aren't me. We've (laughs) Phoenix has been a team the last two, maybe three years that there's been a clear path to being a top two, three team in the West year in and year out. Young players, great coaching, um, perfect roster, basically. Uh, if DeAndre Ayton doesn't play another game as a son, and Chris Paul is on the decline like it looked like he was towards the back half of last year, that team's not as good, man. Like Definitely not. Like, at all, is good. If, yeah. you're, if your future is, you know, Devin Booker's a star. Like my personal kind of eh, against him aside. Star. He's a star. Mikhail, He's fantastic. Good player. Good player with but you have to have guys around him. You know what I mean? I agree. Like so like, Mikhail's a good player. Cam Johnson's a good player, but outside of like Man. Outside of some good pieces and Devin Booker you oh gotta my. you gotta have more than that. That's like sure. that's like if it's similar to if Jalen Brown didn't play for the the Celtics or and they didn't have, you know, Robert Williams. Like that's Jason Tatum with a lot of role guys. It's pretty meh. It's not going to win you playoff games. It's pretty meh. It's yeah. it's it's interesting, and so it's it's wild how their situation could just take a one eighty, man. And if they get in that situation, there's really no way out of it unless they get like a return for Aiden, like a big one, they, which they could. They could. They but could. is it going to put him? Is it going to put him where they have been the last two or three years? Probably not. 
the the biggest thing is Chris Paul. That's, totally it's like agree. They're, the ROI on that. The but, return on investment is almost zero. But the thing is, they knew he was going to get. They knew Chris Paul wasn't going to stay Chris Paul forever. Now, the nice part about Chris Paul is he's always serviceable because he's so intelligent out there. Hundred percent. But they also did envision, hey, we're going to lose the other centerpiece to our future in DeAndre Ayton. While Chris Paul's on his decline, like those two happening together is not ideal whatsoever. I totally agree. Totally agree. Um, okay. College basketball. Are we doing this? Are we going to do this? Okay. Now walk me through again. This is your deal. You're, you're rolling through this now. Oh no, I'm trying to roll through it, but my computer turned off. <laughs> um, so we're going to go through each team. Yeah. I'm give a little preview. Yeah. At the end of our preview of each team, we are we're going gonna throw to... out some little predictions. I'll start so you can follow me. Okay, and and at the end of this, we're picking Big Twelve Player of the Year, Freshman of the Year, Freshman of the Year. Um, we'll go Coach of the Year, Coach of the Year, and we'll go casually. Give we'll our rattle off some first team type guys, some of those guys to watch out for. And then I know this is the part that you are going to have a little more expertise in is some of the prospects. Yes, for the upcoming draft. Um, so yeah, okay. shall we start? Yes, sir. Dive in. We'll start with OU and OSU, and then we'll kind of work our way up from the bottom in the Big 12. OU, Porter Mosier's second year of the program, kind of getting his guys in there. The roster looks you know, a lot different than it did when he took it over. I'm not – I want to speak on that. I'm not totally sure it's better, it, but it is more it's solidified. Hit. Yeah, it is. Uh, physical guys that are going to defend, get up and down the court. Um, They'll play hard. Like they did at Loyola. Yeah. Um, and so – it's an exciting time for OU fans, kind of a new chapter in this basketball program. Uh, they've brought in Grant Sherfield, who might be the best dang player on the court for OU. I know that you, um, pre-pod, were a big fan of Jalen Hill. You think he's going to have a big year? I So I've thought he's a good player for a long time. Mm-hmm. I've just heard, like, I've mm-hmm. got friends in OU Media, and they think he's the guy this year. That's awesome. It's not necessarily from me. This is from guys that will maybe be covering the team uh-huh. a little closer. I've heard he's the dude, but yep. not sure. That's that's unfair. So Jalen Hill's a senior, six six senior kind of wing. Uh, Grant Sherfield, who who I mentioned, is a six two scoring guard out of Nevada, averaged just under twenty points a game for the Short Wolfpack. Short baby. Um, oh, he was a big transfer. Yeah, can he not, man? Him. He he's a player. Uh, I hope I don't butcher his name. I've heard it before. Uh, Milos Uzan, new freshman out of Las Vegas, uh, 6'4", long, athletic, uh, kind of multi-dimensional guard, really, really solid player. He's a freshman. Uh, he'll get some run this year. He's their best recruit that OU got. Um, and then other than that, they got the Groves brothers coming back. Mm-hmm. They got some Oklahoma blood in there with Bijan Cortez, Sam he, Godwin. Did he get any run this year? Bijan? Yeah, I think so. Uh, Mosher said some really nice stuff today about him, with, about his passing and creation creative ability um, so yeah OU's got a team similar to OSU we'll get to this if we were to just to throw them in there they'd probably be middle of the pack of Big 12 right Right. they could finish higher wouldn't be surprised finish lower wouldn't be surprised there's like a lot of teams this year yeah, yeah it's outside well, the top two or three that's kind of they always are yeah true. Um, true and so second year under Mosier kind of getting his guys in like we mentioned going to be physical going to defend um not going to get out toughed. Right. What do you think about this team, man? I mean, it's like you said, like we could drop them in. They do a little better, a little worse. I think they're going to be consistent. Uh-huh. 
which is not something that Oklahoma has had a lot of in the past couple decades. I think they're going to be consistently middle of the pack, though, as in like (laughs) they're just not going to be as talented as every other team is. But like you said, they're going to have good schemes. They're going to work hard. Porter Moser is going to put them in position to win some tough games. And I don't know. I mean, I'm a little biased. I've always liked and, and rooted for Oklahoma, but I just can't envision the University of Oklahoma having like a finish, finishing like ninth. I just can't see it. I, I feel like they're destined to get sixth or something like that. So sixth, seventh. Are they a tournament team? Because that's, I mean, that's a bubble tournament team. Uh, the Big 12 could throw eight teams in there. I mean, you never know. That's tough, man. Eileen, no. Okay. I, I don't think this team is as talented as last year's was. Yeah. And, and they, they, they lost Gibson, who's a really good piece. Yeah. Um, yeah. Who else they lose? Is Harkless back? Harkless. No, he transferred. He did he's transfer. A, he's a big piece. I thought he'd be a Mosier guy through and Me through, too. man. Me too. He, he gave it a year. He tried it. He did. He um, did. So I, I lean no, but I really think after this year, Moser's really going to find his footing and, and oh, you'll be a team to look out for in the tournament. I like it. Yeah, I think OU's middle of the pack. Um, they'll, if anything, they'll finish a little bit above maybe what I'm projecting. Uh, like I said, super tough team. Going to get in your face. Going to really defend. Uh, I think Mosier's one of the best coaches in the country. He gets the best out of every player on his team. They practice freaking hard, dude, man. Have you been to an OU practice? A long time ago. Under Mosier, man. They get after it. He's so intense. Um, yeah, I, I think OU's going to be okay. They're going to be one of those teams that – Needs a good Big Twelve tournament to probably get in, um, but but they're but they're solid. Yeah, they're they're solid. Okay, Oklahoma State. Let's move on to Oklahoma State. Um, Mike Boynton is in his sixth year at Oklahoma State, I believe. Sure. Uh, Derek's gonna maybe fact check me on that. I can. I don't want to. They <laughs> they've really been. Um, active in this transfer portal for the last couple of years. Avery Anderson is their best returning player, probably. Um, who second, had a, second year in a row. Had, had a bit of a down year last yeah. year. He showed glimpses uh, two years ago with Cade Cunningham um, when games that he was out where Avery Anderson was the best player on the court. Yep. Um, Oklahoma State fans are going to be wanting to see that, those shades kind of come to fruition this year. Bryce Thompson's returning. That's an Oklahoma guy out of Booker T. Um, players like uh, the Boone, no, no, Caleb Boone, Keelan Boone, left okay Caleb Boone, will, Caleb Boone will be back um, big guys like Tyreek Smith Bernard Kuma and Musa Cisse um, athletic team good individual talent similar to last year yep. um, will they gel are they going to not lose dumb games are they going to be consistent it's kind of the opposite questions as OU yeah that's true um, and I'll start with this as an OSU fan I think Mike Boyne is a fantastic recruiter I think he's a good coach he needs to have a good year this year. Um, I, I I think guys. I think he'll continue to get recruits, but but we see it year in and year out with guys. If they're not able to win games, fan bases get annoyed, players get annoyed, they get frustrated, um, and and then you go through changes. And I don't want to see that with Oklahoma State. So I think they need to have a good year. I think they're similar to OU, and then they're just kind of thrown in the middle right now. Um, I think they have more flop potential, just because. Uh, they got new guys playing with each other. OU has kind of some of the same guys, uh, and and I there's not a guy on this roster like OU has some guys that can score twenty a game. Man, Avery Anderson's gonna have to carry quite a big load in that backcourt. 
I agree. I can't speak on Oklahoma State a ton. Uh, like you said, I think Mike Boynton is a fantastic person, first and foremost. I think he's a, a great recruiter. I can't speak on his coaching ability a ton. Um, I think they've got pieces, and mm-hmm. I, I think they are more talented than that Oklahoma squad. Probably, yeah. Player by player, they're more talented. Player, if you, yeah, if you lined them right up, you would probably take Oklahoma State. But like you said, how do those fit? Is that, like, was it the postseason ban last year? Like, is that why uh, things were so uh-huh. tumultuous? I, yeah. I don't know. There's there's just big questions. Um, and I think we'll get lots of Mike Boynton answers in this upcoming season. So I'm excited. I think Bryce Thompson's a great player. I think Avery Anderson, I mean, we talked about him as, like, a potential lottery guy last year. Yeah. Like, coming into the mm-hmm. season. Obviously, that didn't happen. But he could totally be a guy that if he got back to that, he could be a end of the second round kind of guy. Yep. So yeah. We'll move on to the bottom of the Big 12 right now. We're just kind of projecting this year, um, looking off last year. We're going to start with Kansas State. Um, We'll go through these first two pretty quick. Jerome Tang, first-year head coach at Kansas State. Um, They have a lot of new guys on this roster. There might be a name some of y'all recognizing. Keontae Johnson, uh, wing transfer from Florida, went to Oak Hill Academy. Really good recruit, really good player. Um, Is proven at Florida. Um, and they have a lot of transfers, man. A lot of new guys. Uh, Jerome Jerome Tang is kind of getting his dudes in there right now. They look like a bottom two or three Big 12 team at the moment. A lot of question marks. Um, Going to have to work some kinks out here. They lost a guy who you're a big fan of that I'll let you mention. Uh, number one in the current short king rankings, Nigel <laughs> Pack. Uh, took his talents to, I believe, the Miami Hurricanes. Yep. Uh, spark plug score. Can do a little bit of everything with the ball in his hands. Really like Nigel Pack. I just think he's a complete stud. Agree. Um, and I hope Miami does well. Yep. All right. On to West Virginia now. Under Bob Huggins. Uh, they're the same year in and year out, man. Play really hard. They're going to get up. They're going to pressure you. Um, they're going to want to play a full court game. Uh, and Bob Huggins is a great coach. One of the best in the country. They're big, long, athletic. Um, they have an interconference transfer in Trey Mitchell from Texas. Oh, I yeah, I, I actually do know that guy. Emmett Matthews Jr. He, oh, yeah. Trey Mitchell, UMass. Yeah. He transferred from UMass to Texas, yes. right? Yeah. He was a baller at UMass. Oh, and yeah. And he had a bad season at Texas. Yeah. So. so he's looking for a bounce back here in the Big 12. Put the Big 12 on notice. Emmett Matthews Jr. is a bucket getter through and through. 6-7 forward. Transfer from Washington. West Virginia. Similar to K-State. Probably bottom of the Big 12. Do you have any thoughts on them? West Virginia? Yep. No. <laughs> no. I like Bob Huggins as a coach. I think he's a phenomenal coach, like you said. One of the best in the country, uh, talent-wise. Maybe they have a guy's uh, rise to the top this year. I don't quite see it. I think they'll definitely have a bottom three to four finish in the Big 12. So Fantastic. Moving on to Iowa State, actually. Second year under coach TJ Otzelberger. Um, Great name. Man, they, they kind of had a tough little offseason. Lost Isaiah Brockington to the draft, their best player. Yep. And then their best returning player, Tyrese Hunter, who just, you know, became a name really throughout the uh, Big 12 tournament and the NCAA tournament, transferred to Texas. A lot of new blood in Iowa State. Um, they still got a good, good, solid team. They're going to be able to score the basketball. Caleb Grill is a senior guard, one of the best shooters in the country. Um, and, and Iowa State's always going to, you know, 
over succeed. I mean, like, yeah. they'll always be a little bit better than you think. But and, I and you think the same thing about West Virginia too. Like, yeah, yeah. There's no way West Virginia is going to be as bad as we just said. So yeah. it's like you add that with all these teams, it's just going to be a crazy Big Twelve as every year. But yeah, no, it definitely is. Uh, and Iowa State was one of the best defensive teams in the country last year. They were picked dead last in the Big Twelve last year. Iowa State yeah. by all the coaches. They they started the year they they went from unranked obviously to like seventh or eighth in the country. So uh, they'll be a team to keep an eye out on. Now we get to the top. The fun part. Yeah. The top five teams, and it's... This is part of the current rankings, right? We kind of agree on this, though. The top five in any order you want. Texas Tech, TCU, Kansas, Baylor, Texas. Yep. I think those are the top kind of half of the Big 12. We'll start with Tech. Okay. This is the second year under Coach Mark Adams, who was before under Chris Beard, who was at Tech. Right. Um, they've got Kevin O'Banner, who some Oklahomans might remember from Oral Roberts and their little, was it Sweet 16 or Elite 8? Sweet 16. Yeah. Run um, a couple years back. I remember watching that on my honeymoon <laughs> on the height of COVID. <laughs> um, Max they, Amos, shout out. <laughs> yes. Baller, dude. Um, they have ex-Oklahoma player and has played at like 20 different universities, Davion Harmon. Um, and then a Another transfer. This is a big-time transfer. Maybe one of my favorites in the Big 12 is Kerwin Walton out of North Carolina. Didn't get a lot of run. Sharpshooter. Going to be really good for a super athletic team. He'll balance out that roster a little bit. Um, Tech's always good. Tech Tech is kind of the new, you know, similar to Baylor, kind of come up in recent years and, like, solidified themselves as a team at the top, even through coaching change and roster restructuring. They're a good squad, man. They are firmly... In like solely in the middle tier for me, they are not quite good enough to be with the Kansas Baylor's, but they are definitely not bad enough to be with the yeah OUOSU whoever's West at Virginia. the bottom so, year in and year out. They're a good basketball team. I think they could, if things go their way, pretty easily be a tournament team. So yeah, I mean, yeah. I assume the, co- the the coach coached under Chris Beard. I assume he's good. Yeah, I don't know. Great coach, older guy. Guys like him a lot. Gotcha. Yeah, he's got really good staff under him. Uh, a lot of a lot of guys who've been around for a while. Um, how many times has Davion Harmon transferred? Two. That's what I was thinking. It's only two. Oh, you, oh, you, Oregon, Oregon, Texas to Tech. Tech. Man, it feels like five. It, does. <laughs> it feels like so many. It does. Okay. On to TCU, a team that you and I both like a yeah, lot, a definitely. lot. Um, led by Mike Miles Jr. He's going to be a household name this year. Complete stud. Complete stud. Do it all guard. Thought he'd get drafted in twenty two. Yeah. Um, a little bit undersized for a skill set, maybe. Um, and they have some really good players with the man. There's a guy that I'm high on, Micah Peavy. Um, really good defender, kind of scores off cuts and in transition. He's a guy who's going to be solid. He was a pretty highly touted recruit. Um, Eddie Lampkin Jr., who kind of made a name for himself towards the end of last season. 6'11", 263. Whoa, sophomore. Big boy. Golly. Um, he'll, he'll be solid for him. And then Rondell Walker's on that squad now. Oh. Transfer from OSU out of PC West here in Oklahoma City. Solid team under Jamie Dixon, who's been around for a while. Um, similar to Tech, I think, in like their tier in the Big 12. Going to yeah. be solid. I think TCU might even have a little bit more talent, especially at the top. Um, I know you and I, we'll get into this later, we like Mike Miles as much as any guard in the country. Yep. Um, thoughts on TCU, man? Can, can they make a push to win the Big 12 this year? Um. Okay, this is kind of getting into the range of, like Jake talked about earlier, my lens of college basketball <laughs> right now is, is virtually through 
the NBA draft. So like, sure. And TCU has one of these guys, Mike Miles Jr. Yep. Um, so he's a guy who is absolutely going to be the focal piece of the offense. He can fill it up. They're going to run the absolute daylights out of PNR with him. That's all they're going to mm-hmm. do. It's going to be 80% of their plays, and it's going to work a lot. Um, is it going to be able to beat the Kansases and the Baylors and those type of teams? Probably not. But again, they're a really good basketball team. I think they're a tournament team, easily with Mike Miles Jr. Uh, you talked about some of the other guys, but yeah, yep. I, I like him as a squad. I mean, he, he elevates so much. Like, terrific passer. Like I said, just great in the PNR. You, little undersized, but... Great score. Good team. I don't know. You remember when Kimball Walker kind of dragged Connecticut? Mm-hmm. I don't know, man. I, I could see something like that with Mike Miles. All the way. Or just dragged him. The way far. that... So, UConn was the, like, 11 seed in the uh, in the Big East tournament. Mm-hmm. And they won it. That's how they got into the thing. And he hit, like, two or three game winners in Madison Square Garden throughout that, uh, throughout that Big East tournament. Mm-hmm. I could see something like that with TCU this year. I, I I think they're I think they're good enough to win the Big Twelve. Not to go unspoken about uh, Mike Miles, terrific passer, one of the best in the whole class. He just makes stuff happen. Like he's yeah. a gamer. He just makes stuff happen. Hundred um, percent. Okay, let's move on to Texas. Uh, second year under Chris Beard. Chris Beard. Uh, I picked them to win the conference last year. Didn't happen. I'm gonna say it now. They had the most talent in the conference last year, and I think they have the most talent in the conference this year. Unbelievable pieces. The question is, can they mesh quick enough to win games and, and make a run? It's almost like the talented Oklahoma State. Like they have some of those same yes. bigger questions, but this team has legitimate dude. They're so blue good. Chip talent. So good. Well, let's let's start. They got Timmy Allen. Um, he was a transfer in last year. Same with Dylan DeSue. Uh freshman Arterio Morris. Arterio Morris. Huge name guy has some legal things kind of going on with him. Gotcha. Right now, Tyrese Hunter, who we you know mentioned earlier, transfer from Iowa State. Marcus Carr, Big Twelve Player of the Year type guy, going to be this year. Um, they got a good team, man. They got Dylan Mitchell, freshman that you like and that you'll talk about later. Yep. And then Christian Bishop, uh, transfer from Creighton. Stack team, legit nine guys that can play. Hundred percent, um, maybe more than that. Guys that I'm not too uh, knowledgeable about. They're a really good team. I I'll be disappointed if they're not in the top three. I think they're better than TCU and Tech for the regular season at least. Um, and if if they're not up there with a kind of somewhat talent wise down Kansas team, and uh, you know Baylor who's probably sitting in the top of the Big Twelve right now. I'll be disappointed, man. I, I think they'll. I think that's underachieving if they're not a top three team. Uh, I totally agree. I mean, they've got two definite, potentially three in car NBA guys. Um, Tyrese Hunter is probably the best true point guard, like the true definition of point oh, yeah. guard in the country. He can shoot it, man. He can yeah. shoot it. He can pass it. He's yeah. a he's a great like yep. centrifugal piece yep. on a team. Yep. Uh, and then Dylan Mitchell is one of the the most highly touted guys out of high school. Uh, I don't quite know his frame. I think he's like six eight, six nine, somewhere in there. Six eight two two oh five yeah. is what he's listed as. Six eight, uh, great frame, can do absolutely everything. Can jump out of the gym, plays above the rim, except shoot the ball. Um, he's a guy that if he was to shoot well, would be a top three draft pick. Undoubtedly. Yep. Like, if he was to shoot well enough and projectable enough and you could uh-huh. tell that his shot was good, uh-huh. he'd go three behind Scoot and Wimbanyama. Like, agree. that's how 
of a stud athletically he is. So he's going to be really fun to watch. He's going to get a lot of rebounds. He's going to live inside the post. Like I said, he's going to play above the rim. Uh, he's going to be really freaking fun to watch. Um, but there's certainly questions. Yep. There's kind of a limit right now to what he can do. Uh, if he can kind of expound on those things, I mean, the sky's the limit, especially for Texas, because yep. they don't even need him to be that guy nope. to do good. So if he does, I mean, they're going to be, like I said, the sky's the limit. I totally agree. And with such a star-studded backcourt, so many versatile guards and wings, he'll be fine. Tyrese Hunter is going to be good for him. Yeah, I mean, bro. good for him. Dylan Mitchell's lack of shooting won't even be shown at Texas. Like no. you said, he'll be a rebounder, rim runner, like great, great defender. Yeah, that kind Anywhere of guy. Anywhere on the court, yeah. Derek's talking about a shooting in regards to his draft kind of yes, stuff. Yes, uh, 100%. Like I said, Texas doesn't need him to be nope. a shooter. They don't need him to do anything but that kind of rim running defense, get buckets when you can kind of yep. guy. But if he does elevate, Texas, yep. oh, they're going to be so good. Yep, very good. Let's move on to Baylor real quick. I know you're super excited about the Bears here. Yeah. And Baylor's just thrown themselves into top tier basketball program these last this last decade almost. It's yeah. impressive. Um Kim, so, Kim Mulkey's really just killing it. <laughs> Scott Drew's a heck of a coach, man. Uh he, he's getting some solid recruits. They've got some returning guys and LJ Cryer, Adam Flagler. Um, you know, we 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 really like Keontae George. He's a freshman that he's brought in, one of the highest recruits in the country. Um mm-hmm. Yeah, Baylor almost seems like a sure spot as a top three or four seed in the NCAA tournament. Going to have a great regular season. Going to have a great Big 12 tournament. Um, Can can they make that push and be like a Final Four level team? Um, Yeah, I mean, LJ Cryer, stud, like you talked about. They've they've got the pieces. They've got the talent. They've got the coaching. They've got everything. Can they get over the hump, which is the question for every single NCAA basketball team heading into the season? Yeah. I'm going to speak on Keontae George a little bit, who I think is probably, he due to like his age, and I think it's a bit of a weird fit situation with Baylor and the way they play, he might not be the best scorer like this year. He is going to be the most talented scorer from this group of guys, like long-term, easily. Like yeah. can just absolutely, I mean, can score from anywhere, yep. anywhere on the basketball court. And on top of that, it's not talked enough in like draft spaces. He can defend and, and maybe not, maybe not that he can defend. He tries, he tries really hard on the defensive end and he's got a good defensive motor and he's got good basketball instincts overall. So Keontae George is someone that I've even looked at similarly to Dylan Mitchell is if things go his way, he could pretty easily fit that like Jalen green mold and be like third, fourth, fifth pick in the NBA draft. So like that he's going to score a ton of points. If there, so if there's a team up there in the draft that that's like a, needs a guard type team, you think he's a guy? He's my top guard prospect like right that. now. Like uh, but he's also of that like he's a pretty specific guard. Like he's a combo that's going to score a lot of points. He's not quite like a he. His problem now is that he's not much of a playmaker. He's more of a scorer. So like he's not going to be a guy that takes pressure off of everyone makes great decisions or makes great reads passing the ball right now. He's just kind of a guy that can go get you a bucket. I like it. So if he does show that improvement at Baylor, which I do still think is a weird fit, I think for like a pure scorer, when's the last time Baylor had like a 25 a night kind of guy that could just go do that? Sure. Um, they, they're, they've got the Mitchells that are yeah. doing a little bit of everything. Yeah. So 
I don't know what it's going to look like if he does kind of find that, like the playmaking and the decision making. Oh, sky's the limit. Again, sky's the limit. Yeah, that's a fun backcourt, man. LJ Cryer, Adam Flagler, Keontae George, all guys who could score. Yep. This doesn't sound like a big number. More than 12 points a game at the college level. That's ridiculous if you got that in your backcourt. Yep. Let's move on to Kansas. Last but not least, Kansas. Uh, returning national champions. I kind of said it earlier, and you made me believe it pre-pod. <laughs> They're a little bit... They could they could lose two games this year with the national title. No one would be surprised. They're a little bit down roster-wise. Their best returning player is probably Jalen Wilson. Um, KJ Adams Jr. is another one. He's might be their best prospect. Um, a little bit down. Now they have Kevin McCuller Jr., Texas Tech transfer. Um, other than that, I mean they have Dewan Harris. He's a, he's a good guard. Other than that, they're bringing a lot of new a lot of new guys. Biggest name recruit probably Grady Dick. Yep, I would say. Um, they're going to be good. Don't get us wrong. They're going to be really good. It's Kansas. Like it's it's Kansas. Exactly. It's Kansas. It's, Kansas. it's Bill Self. They're they're going to be ridiculous. Yep. Um, it's not like last year where it's like we know what Christian Brown is. We know what Oche Agbaji is. Right. Yeah. It's not like that. It's still Kansas. It just feels like they're going to have to work a little more for it. Which know? is fun. Yeah. And, and it puts it puts pressure on them because the team like TCU is super hungry. Yeah. Right. Texas and Baylor are here to prove something. Like. It's going to be competitive at the top. Do you think Kansas has what it takes to make another run for the national title? I, I do, just, I mean, based off reputation. Now, again, I told you, Prepod, I think it's the worst on-paper roster I've seen Kansas have yeah. in about a decade. Sure. Um, I can't remember the last time they didn't have a top 10 recruit. Grady Dick, I think, was like in the 20s. 20. One. 21, 22. I think. Yeah, something like that. Not consensus, but yeah, I mean, he's, and, he's hey, like around there. Gritty Dick can play. Don't oh, get us wrong. That, that kid's disgusting. Yeah, he'll he'll be a one and done. Um, but he's just not, he's not like the Joel Embiid, like. No, no. What's that? Oh, I always butcher his name. Yudoka Azbuki? Azbuki. Azbuki. Yeah. Uh, he was just kind of like that, that dude for Kansas for a while. Yeah. Ochai, obviously, complete yeah. animal. Um. So yeah, I don't know. I I think obviously, like you said, it's Bill Self. They could give it a run, but I think the gap is closed a little bit on Baylor to Kansas. I like if it. I'm being honest, I like it. Let let's let's go ahead and talk. We'll start with freshman of the year. So I know that's probably your strong suit in this thing. Uh, who Definitely. who do you? We've said some names, Grady Dick, we've said Keontae George, we've said Dylan Mitchell. Those are probably the three biggest names that we've highlighted so far, and there's some other good players. Who's your freshman of the year for the Big 12? If I had to pick out of those three, I would lean Keontae. He's going to be flashy. He's going to be on probably the preseason right now best team. Um, So I, I would lean Keontae. Dylan Mitchell could totally be right there. And to speak on Grady Dick a little bit, like we said, Dude is an animal. I mean, he was Gatorade Player of the Year for his entire high school class. Uh, has like probably the cleanest shot form I've ever seen out of a guy that's <laughs> 17 years old. So he's going to be really good. He's going to be fine defensively. He's like six eight, something like that. Six so, eight. Uh, yeah. He. I mean, he's freaking good. So it could easily be Grady Dick. Don't think he'll be flashy enough. Dylan Mitchell. I have a lot of questions about Dylan Mitchell, honestly. Um, yeah. He could easily go grab that. So I lean Keontae. But. Okay. 
I'm going to go with Grady Dick. I, I like Keontae George a lot. Um, I, I can see that happening. I think it's a crowded backcourt, man. I think they have guys 100%. who have proven it and that, that are score-first players. So I think it could put Keontae George in a spot where it's like he's a bench score that averages eight points a game, and it's like, well, you know. It, it's hard for me. I get it. Like, there are established guys. It's hard for me to see him in that role. I just yeah. can't. Like, if he's on the court, totally he's going to be getting buckets. I, I totally get it. I think the reason why Lean Grady Dick is kind of this, it goes hand-in-hand hand with why we think the gap's closing on Kansas. They don't have a load as loaded of a roster as they usually do. Mm-hmm. If you I, I lean it, Baylor right now. Yeah, I, I think I might too. If you give Kansas, like, they got a 6'8 dude who can shoot it, score it from anywhere in Grady Dick, that could, I mean, we could end the year and he could be their best player. Grady Dick? Dude. Oh, I, I believe it. And yeah. So I, I think with that, I, I think I'll go Grady Dick for freshman. Totally justifiable. Again, Dylan Mitchell. And there's also, I mean, there's going to be a ton of guys on these teams that. Oklahoma could have some freshman of the year that, like yeah. you talked about, the the four star <laughs> that they got. On, yeah. yeah, he could yeah. he could make a run. I don't know. Um, there's going to be a lot of a lot of good players. We don't there want are. to limit it to three, but there are. those are the three. Who? Okay, this is one that I didn't talk to you pre pod. Who who's kind of your guy that's going to be like? I don't even know if they do this in Big Twelve. Who's your most improved type guy? Who's a guy that you think is going to have a really good second year? I can start if you'd like while you maybe think about it for a second. Uh, and I mentioned him earlier, Micah Peavy out of TCU. The stats might not look a ton different. I think he averaged like five or six points a game last year. Does a lot of dirty work. He's going to play 30 minutes a game and contribute in any way that he can. He's a good rebounder for someone of his size. He's 6'7", 6'8", long wing. Uh, He's going to defend the best player on the court. He's going to take pressure off Mike Miles on that end. He can score off cuts. He's a good screener. Micah Peavy is a guy who is going to get drafted a little bit earlier than we think he might. They're going to see him as a 6'7", slasher, can play on both ends. He's a good dude that someone's going to take a chance on. I like Micah PV a lot. What was the question? <laughs> Sorry, who, who I thought you, that was some NBA news. As, as a returner, who do you kind of see making a jump? Um, Jalen. I mean, yeah, I was going to say. Jalen, not Hill. What's Kansas Jalen? Uh, forward, lengthy, little do-it-all guy. Jalen Wilson? Wilson. Oh yes. yeah, he'll. Yeah, yeah. He, he's probably the best player going into it. Yeah, yeah. But I, I think what he averaged like maybe eight points last year, maybe role, eleven, something role like that. Player. More of a role player. Uh, he's gonna see like you talked about. He's gonna see a huge elevation in in role, in stats, and all of it. So he's a guy that a lot of people think could get some draft hype. I'm a little skeptical right now, Me but too. he's. A, I mean, he'll he'll be good. KJ Adams, hundred Kansas is another one. Big KJ old kid, Adams. man. He can play. Okay. Let's go to coach of the year here. This might allude to our champion. Let's go coach of the year. I go Chris Beard out of Texas. I go Chris Beard out of Texas. I think I think he's going to have a really successful year. Um, I, I think they land atop the Big 12 heading into the uh, Big 12 tournament. I think his pieces kind of fall into place. It's the team that we kind of think they could be. Uh, yeah, I think they have a lot of success. Eileen Scott Drew. Yeah. I just, they feel more of a sure thing to me right now. Uh, he's a heck of a coach. Self and obviously Beard are also great coaches, but Baylor to me just, I don't know. I, they almost, they almost feel like the Kansases of the past <laughs> where like coming into it, they have a great coach. They have a ton of talent. They have yeah. upcoming talent. They have established talent. Like they just, they feel more of a sure thing. I, Eileen Scott Drew. Okay. 
player of the year. We agree with him on we, this. We agree. It's got to be Mike Miles Jr. I think it is too. I mean, he is just far and away, like right now, the most talented. Like almost every other team, of course, every team has talent, but like every other guy is going to need to step into that role. Mike Miles been living that role, dude. You take Mike Miles off TCU, and they're they're the worst team in the Big Twelve. Bad, yeah, yeah. He's so valuable, man. And like I said, like you can just just like use him for ninety percent of the game. It's pretty incredible. He's, he's incredible. He's a stud. Um, and I think he's going to get a lot of draft hype too. Like Ar- already did last year, like we talked about. But who's your champ? Eileen Baylor. I gotta go Baylor. I go Texas. I think it's gonna click for Texas. I, I think all that hype from last year is gonna bleed into this year. Uh, I see it. Well, neither of us picked the reigning national champ. I know. You <laughs> gross. <laughs> Kansas has won the Big Twelve like thirty of the last thirty-two years. Hey, it's about to be thirty of the last thirty-three years. Wow. <laughs> wow. Um, cool, man. Uh, well, we've named a lot of guys we like. We don't need to get into first-team stuff. I don't think, unless you want to. No. There, there's a lot of good players in the Big 12, man. There, and there's a lot of good young guys in the Big 12. So it'll, it'll it'll be a fun year for sure. I've pretty much exhausted my Big 12 knowledge. So do you want to get into uh, – oh. oh, wow. Rookie mistake. You want to get into questions? Sure. God. If there was a comeback player of the year award for college hoops, who would you all think has a chance to win it? Question from Landon Subya. Um, about three weeks ago, I would have said Imani Bates. <laughs> oh gosh um comeback player of the year <sighs> that's a good question jacob groves landon he sounds so stupid comeback player so i avery I, anderson is a, a pretty solid yeah pick. Let, why don't we stick to big 12 for this question okay to make it a little bit easier for us uh comeback. i like keontae johnson a lot he kid from florida transferred in um, he'll be a solid player. And plus, I believe Keontae Johnson, he was the one that collapsed on the court a couple of years ago and like couldn't really? play basketball for a full year. Wow. So I think I mean there's a guy. Um Yeah, I uh, I mean I, I genuinely think Avery Anderson is a good pick. I like there's it. no way he's not gonna fill it up this year. He's gonna get back to that. That'd be fun. Yeah. I'm hoping for he's it. He's gonna get back to it. He's gonna get buckets. With something like on the line this year, ding, ding, ding. Uh, with something on the line this year, I think he's going to be really good. Yeah, I like Damian Collins a lot in Kentucky too. That's I outside. I almost country. said that, but you said stick to Big Twelve. Yeah, hundred so. <laughs> percent. Uh, question from Ethan at ethvnh, friend of the pod, Ethan. Will Shay retire in Oklahoma City? No. <laughs> All right, moving on. Question from Kent Nicholson: Are the Bally games only live stream this year? Um. So I think I don't know how to totally answer this question. I'll be honest, but I think Bally t- like today uh, came out with like Bally Plus, so you can only buy like Thunder games and like Royals games or something. I don't know. Uh, give it a Google. It's something like that. Question from Tristan: When did the Thunder begin win now mode? When do you think they are ready? I think they begin next season. I think they will be. I don't know what ready means and like for your terms. Uh, ready to win basketball games, I think next season. Ready to like really compete. It'll be a few years. Yeah, but I agree. I wish they weren't ready to win next year. I want that number you one pick. It, you wish it now? Oh, oh you want whim, whim your mama? Maybe. <laughs> Question from Sublime Fifty. Some of the best Thunder graphics in the game. Surely the universe is going to punish Jayhawk basketball for the audacity of their football program, right? <laughs> uh, undefeated 
football Jayhawks, which maybe that's playing into their recruiting class. We Top just of the talked Big 12, about it. bro. We just talked about it. It's getting a little wild. Next what? question. They're going to make a bowl game this year. They're 4 0. Yep. Ooh, ah, they got to win two Big 12 games. They could do it. They've already won They've, once. I know, but I'm saying so that would be three total. They could beat TCU. It, it could happen. So, okay, so TCU's five. Who's six? Iowa State. Ah. Oh, man. Iowa State's not great, but Matt Campbell's not bad. They could win, too. I'm trusting them. I'm trusting Who them. Who did K State just beat last weekend? Uh, did they play? I don't remember. Uh, next question. <laughs> yeah, they beat OU. You're texting me being a jerk about it. Matt Sanders, how bored was Presty and Stone to do this trade? Dude, they were sitting there. Like I said, they got tired of that NFL game. They're sitting there twiddling their thumbs. Tua like, got hurt. They're like, no. What? Tua got hurt. Their fantasy team's down by 20 already. They're like, <laughs> Presty, hold my beer. <laughs> no way. Yeah, that, it was a. Let's just mess with some grown men's livelihoods right now. They're like, Derek's about to record the pod. Send like, him to Houston. Yeah. We want to make him like, right. So. Yeah. Uh, Blaine Buchanan friend of the pod uh does this trade confirm tail was going to get cut yes i i that's one of the first things i thought when i saw when i saw maladon i was like yeah yeah i mean like we said there two of them were basically all but cut like jerome and then mo harkless was essentially going to be like a dump uh tail and favors being included in this i think it was tail if he had to lean uh-huh. those two Def- for sure oh, especially with chat's injury Tao's just not that great Honestly, I mean, I thought he was gonna be okay. I thought he was, would be okay as well. Um, we're idiots. Yeah, we're we're dumb. Y'all shouldn't listen to us. Uh, Chris Parrish, not a question. This is post Thunder trade. I'll give you one word. What? We don't know what. It's a weird trade. Yeah, it's a strange trade. The Czech Republic. Who do you think stays from this trade? Who do you think gets a training camp deal? Uh, we talked about it a little bit. We'd lean Burker, Chris. I genuinely think there's a real chance. And uh, Nick Crane, partner in crime over at InsideTheThunder.com, go check out all our Thunder content, tweeted, there's a real chance that they just elevate someone from the the blue roster or or from like a training camp deal. So I don't know who they give those deals to. I don't know who they elevate. I don't think it matters. Like the, <laughs> the amount of picks that they have, yeah. none of these bottom of the roster guys are going to be in the long-term plans. Huh. So, like, I loved Veet. Yeah. I loved Veet. He was never... You were sad when he got... When I he... was sad. Nice dude. Fun to watch. You met him. Sick tats. Oh, great hair. Sick. Um, Yeah, I mean, I I liked Veet. But, like, Veet never had a chance. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, <laughs> uh, Hayden Wheatley, how many of the incoming players will be cut? How much money does it save us? Make an, Okay, we've got this question. Make an official prediction. Is it four or three? That get cut. Yeah. Three, obviously. Will they cut all of them? Or will they keep Chris or Burke? They keep Burke. Keep Burke. You say three. I say four. Uh, how much money? I believe we talked about it. I think it was seven million. Yeah. No more than 10 million. Right. And then second to last question. Heathy Pops on Twitter. More trades to come? Question mark. I'm going to go with a resounding yes. I think Presty is a complete madman. <laughs> Absolutely psychotic behavior from him. He's sitting at home playing 2K GM right now. So I think so. I think so. I agree. (laughs) Okay, last question. And I got added it on Twitter by a legend. Love the pot. 
what is something that you two dis, capital D-I-S, agree on? You're often replying, that's fair, or 100% to each other's takes. I'm, I'm feeling attacked right now. I'm curious where you're on 100%. opposite sides. I don't mean where Jake thinks Devin Booker is the second best player in the world, and Derek thinks he's the fourth best. Give us an NBA example and a pop culture example of where you two totally disagree. Discuss. He said, wait, a pop culture? It can be, he said, NBA example and a pop culture example. Jake uh, likes <laughs> indie music. So do you. I think it's fine. I don't, there's really, like, that's why we're friends. We just really don't, like, Yeah. outside of Baker Mayfield, there's truly nothing we, like, really disagree on. And at this point, you could get me on your train, so. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm right. You're okay. Uh, um, is there something that we actually disagree on? I don't think there's like a fundamental, like down in my core thing that I'm like lay in bed at night just awake, pissed because you think something. Um, and I know, like, how do you like your steak? And I was gonna say, there's always food takes. I have the worst taste in food of how all time. How do you time. like your steaks? Medium rare. Oh boy. Yeah. <laughs> so, but like, if you were like. <laughs> Chicken Parmesan's good. I'd be like, I disagree. But everybody else on the planet would be like, yeah, you're an there's idiot. Nothing, so. There's nothing too crazy. Um, Maybe we need to like actually brainstorm something and just argue <laughs> what podcast. We, one of these podcasts, we're just going to rant at each other for like 60 minutes, air like, out our grievances. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I really don't think there's much. We both hate that Landon fellow. Oh I mean, my God. we both agree like The weekend makes music for 12-year-old TikTok girls. False. <laughs> And I don't really have anything that's like... You, but you uh, don't actually believe that. I'm just kidding. I we know don't, you don't. We don't have anything it. of substance to disagree No, we on. don't. Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to workshop. We're going to come back next week, and I'm going to hit you we with We do have differences, stinger. but no disagreements. Differences are... Like I'm 5'9", you're 6'3". <laughs> right. Right. Um, I have a sick beard that connects, and you don't. I'm tatted, you're not. Right. Right. What, what's your stance on tattoos? <laughs> what do you mean? What's, they're great. You don't disagree with like your body as a temple or something like that? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I th- I think I, for me, I <laughs> Here I, we go, I, ladies I and gentlemen. Anything. He said, he said, for me, for me I don't I'm have, not a, an idiot. I'm not, I'm not a scoundrel. <laughs> no, I don't have anything. Mainly... Solely because I'm afraid of needles. Are you actually? Oh, Derek. Oh, horrified. Here we go. I just, Hor- I think you're a weenie for that. Horf- I know I'm a weenie <laughs> for that. <laughs> Dang it, we agree. Uh, wow, mountains and beaches. Crazy. Mountains, yeah, mountains. Let's get let's get our takes like that. We'll come up with a full list, and we'll we'll just find something it's... that we like, <laughs> fundamentally can't. We'll agree we'll on. create we'll create something like this or that, yeah. and then we go. Like there's ten of them. We go down the line and we say it three, two, one, boom. Bang. Three, two, one, That's bang. Fun. Okay. We're gonna open next. Devin Booker, Bogdan Bogdanovich. Bogdanovich. Yeah, hundred percent. Hundred percent. All right. Um, All right. That's I think we it. did it. That was a pretty long pod. Uh, we appreciate you. Check out our merch, panhandlesmerch.com. Order a size up because it shrinks. 
shrinks. Eventually, I'm going to design some new stuff, but I'd be busy. I'd be busy. Derek's busy, man. Running two sites, draftdigest.com, insidethethunder.com. Check out all our stuff there. Running the biggest podcast in the game. Running biggest podcast in the game. Uh, I do that over at theathletic.com. No, I'm just joking. Um, yeah. <laughs> it's this one. It's this one. Jake, you sub stack at all? Oh, man. You it, should. I'm, you should college preview. I'm going to these next few weeks. Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put out a college preview. Um... Uh, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> what do you got going on these next few weeks? The next few weeks? Yeah, sub-stacking mainly? Yeah, mainly sub-stacking. <laughs> gotcha. TBH. Gotcha. <laughs> cool. TBH. Cool, cool. We both lost in fantasy this week. Yeah. And I, mine was a meltdown of epic proportions. <laughs> I did the worst thing you can do in fantasy, and that scored the second most points against the guy who scored the first most points that week. So Go How's back your... and check it. Happened to me four times last year. Yeah, I know. I remember you had, a, you had an unfortunate season. Yep. How's my what? How's your daughter? <laughs> you were going to ask how the dog was. No, no. He got no. sprayed by a skunk two days ago. That's brutal. Tomato juice? No, we had some stuff. He's got sprayed three months ago. So we just. My I daughter's don't... wonderful. She's four months old, like Saturday. So. Christ. Pretty crazy. That means we've been potting for at least four months because she was having. like six. We've been potting for five months now. Wow. I'm going to like track your daughter's age like how long have i been doing the yeah, podcast with jake minus pl- minus one from the start of the pod yeah, yeah carry the one yeah um last thing parker friedrichson yes oh, to notre dame lead with it yeah. yeah awesome good for that kid the irish um, he looks like an irish because he's white i don't know he just looks like he embodies everything that the notre dame fighting irish represent all right yeah, he's a baller, man. I I think that kid's such a stud. Such a complete stud. Uh, he'll be the best player in the state this year. Love him. Really? Can't wait to see him. Uh, one, of them, one of the best players in the state this year. He's give, a lot of fun. Give me a ranking. Definitive rank. I don't know. One, him, two, three, eight. Brandon Garrison's probably one. I don't know. Parker Friedrichson's one there. I said it. Okay. All right. There we go. See you. Bye.